You've heard and felt the startling news that December last year was one of Chicago's warmest and that since records have been kept, 2023 was the hottest in the world's history. Now, we often hear about ways that you as a consumer can reduce your carbon footprint, like cutting plastic use or switching to LED lights. But you can also do this as an investor. These days, there are more and more ways to align your environmental values with your financial goals. So today, whether you're just getting started with a retirement account or if checking investments is part of your everyday routine, we're going to talk about the options that exist for you. Here to help us understand where to start and engage this process is James Brewer, a financial planner who specializes in values-aligned investing as founder of Envision Wealth Planning. Welcome, James. Well, thanks for having me. And also here is Karen Weiger, director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hey, Karen. Hi, Sasha. And I got to turn to you first, Karen, because when we say a phrase I just mentioned, you know, aligning values with financial goals, what does that mean exactly? And, and what excites you about this topic? It's really a question, how, how do you want the world to be in the future? What are your values about the world in which we live and the future you want for yourself, for your family, for your friends? And those things may be around the role of climate change. They may be around the role of alcohol. They may be around the role of guns. You can think about your finances as impacting all of those bigger values that you have. Yeah. So you can keep your financial goals, uh, but they don't have to be separate from those broader goals. So what's exciting about that is Maybe your money can do some work for you while you're doing some other things. Yeah, and this this came up in our meeting this morning. What is environmental, social, governmental investing, or ESG, exactly? And and what are the environmental concerns that can be addressed through that model? ESG is a, a phrase that's grown a lot in the last few years, and it actually started looking at how those factors, like environmental factors, impacted companies. It was actually how, for example, if you were a a, a a beverage company to a bottling plant and it was in a place where droughts were growing and your water supply was at risk. That was an environmental risk to you. A lot of people started thinking about it though as well, what about the risk to the world around us? And so ESG is one frame. It uses a lot of different data sets to look at environmental, social and governance questions. You know, how is society impacted and how are the companies managed? But it's a relation to a longer trend, which is really around social responsible investing. And that's how can you take these values and have your financial goals align with those values goals. So mm. it's it's a very variation in a longer trend on how can dollars work for you? Environmental social governance investing. Um, and so and it differs from social socially responsible investing, which I think some folks listening might be more familiar with. Yeah, or SRI. Yeah, SRI is kind of the longer term trend. And you can go back decades into questions like divesting from South Africa under the apartheid regime. That is an early example of social responsible investing. So it started a lot with screening things out. Mm -hmm. Increasingly, there's been a question, well, how can I put my dollars to work for the positive? So how can I kind of screen things in? But social responsible investing is using your investing to drive those bigger changes. Gotcha, gotcha. James, let's bring you in here. How do you recommend someone coming to you, you who is truly just starting out? Uh, how do you recommend they think about their financial goals and their values? Well, the first thing to do is say, well, why am I investing in the first place? Am I investing because it's for my future retirement? Is it because I want to put my children through school? I want to get money to or a down payment on a house. So once we kind of establish that and put some dollars to that. So when do you want to have that goal in the future? How much will you need? Now we turn to investing based upon how much generally you're going to save, how much you've already saved. Mm -hmm. 
and an expected rate of return, then that tells us what you need to do from simply the investing side of things. So let's say now I need to get a 6% return or a 7% return with some risk as well. Mm -hmm. no, we won't try to get into that part right now. Okay. Uh, okay. Because it's never quite that simple. Right. Okay. There's always a risk. Yes. So, so then now we turn to, well, tell me about your values. But actually at Envision, we actually asked you about your values before we even get to that point. So, so what are your values? So if it, if it is fossil free investing or is it women empowerment, what kinds of things are on your mind? So then what kind of investments would actually fit those screens that we could still get that six or 7% target return that you need? Mm, so we okay. don't do it as a, oh, that's on the side and you know, like save more money per se. We start to say, what it is, what is it that you need in the first place? And how now can we look at companies that more align with your it's values? Embedded. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Yes. And that decision, right, Karen, about investments, this is not just a consideration for people who make a lot of money, right? Absolutely not. It's a question for any dollar that you have saved of any amount. And I say that because one of the simplest ways to think about aligning your dollars and where your values might land is actually with your bank accounts. You can start there because if you've got a dollar in a savings account, the bank is going to use it to lend. So your dollar is really supporting the lending portfolio of the bank. So if you have a bank account and that's your starting point, you can still engage in this conversation. If you also are thinking about things like saving for a retirement, you might have a 401k, a 403b. Those give, that'll give you a different set of choices. Mm -hmm. But the dollars can go to work for you because there's a lot more, there are a lot more options than there ever used to be to align these broader values with your very clear financial goals. And if I get add on to that, so in the 401k, 403b, uh, we actually have a service that we help people and, you know, sh help them invest in their in their company. So then we go and actually look at the investment menu to see if there are possibilities. Truly, only in, did I have one client so far who had a company um, that was actually like one fund that we could pick outside of, of what they had, ah. which wasn't the default investment. But they also could go to their, you know, HR departments or to their company and say, hey, boss, um, I was looking at our investment menu and I didn't see anything that actually fit along my goals. And, you know, there are people, say Muslims in particular, because this has come up, that they didn't, they could not invest in their 401k because the investments were actually against their values and their 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 faith values were so strong that they weren't investing. I see. So what you're saying is is folks who have a 403b or a, a 401k typically would think that they're stuck with whatever mutual fund their employer chooses, but that's not the case. They can consider asking to make different choices. Yes. I really wish more people would do that. Yeah. Um, there are more options, Karen, for people who are hoping to roll over a retirement account from a previous job, right? Can you explain yeah, that? In a sense, that's um, a moment where you as the individual get new choices because when you're with your employer-sponsored plan, you have the choices that they have made largely. When you leave, you have the option to roll it over. And so then you choose the company that's going to be managing your funds for you. And so it does open things up and it's a new opportunity to think about what are the broader societal or environmental goals that you have? And can you make sure that you can get the choices that might match those goals while also aligning with the financial choices you need from a risk return perspective? So, yeah, that's a really interesting point because many people don't stay in jobs for decades and decades. So when you leave, it does give you that moment. Yeah. James, what are some concrete ways that someone can use their investment dollars to benefit the environment? Talk us through. Well, one of the things I would say is there are companies like I'm going to give an example, uh, Green Century uh, Mutual Funds. 
So not only do they actually provide investments, they actually do what's known as advocacy work. So a lot of people didn't realize that when you invest in a company and the company has shares of stock, there's a you become a shareholder. So for the typical investor, they're actually not receiving that and then voting like, what do I know about what I'm voting on? Mm -hmm. So companies like a, a Green Century will take that stock certificate and potentially talk to a company um, like, uh, I don't know, here's one. They could talk to Apple or talk to Alphabet or lots of different companies and say, there's an issue that we have seen that you're doing. And maybe it's around the way that you are getting rid of waste that's actually harmful to the environment. Maybe there's something in your value chain that has you, you know, more into fossil fuels than we think is a good idea. So they, so they start to engage the company for a change. Mm, and okay. they've actually got several wins. Anything to add, Karen? The question of shareholder advocacy is really one that is something a, a typical investor doesn't do on his or her own or their own. But it is a question for systems change. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a growing, growing space. Uh, and that does raise those larger questions of how do you push the economy in the ways that you want? Choosing where you put your dollars is one, but mm -hmm. choosing who's voting for where your dollars sit, that's another. And what do you say, given your example, James, to someone who's skeptical that a large company like Alphabet would listen to a small company? Well, actually, um, I have a, well, you can go on uh, Green Century's website, plus I have a paid service called Your Stake, and they actually give me a summary of all of the wins that they've had over the years. So last year alone, it looks like there were 31 environmental wins uh, that they actually had amongst things with human rights, equal opportunity, and accountability. So there's actually a way to find that specific thing where they yeah. actually made a change. Uh, now, expense ratios for actively managed funds can be higher, it can cost more. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you say to clients who are concerned about that? Well, personally, I think there's much to do about expense ratios and that it all. Well, it's a consideration. It should not be the only consideration. Right. So if you're going to ask a company, for example, to go and do this extra work to you know, look at companies and their value chains and all these other aspects, that's going to require more work, more time. That's going to be more cost. But what you should look is at the end. So there's a tool that all of our your listeners can go to. It's called the FINRA Mutual Fund Fee Analyzer, the Mutual Fund Fee Analyzer. I actually put one in today. I used a company called Amanor Growth, um, and I compare that to the S&P 500. So the difference in expense ratio is about 88, almost, let's say almost 1% in expense. In the last 10 years, the Amanor Growth, its most expensive version, was 2%, so let's say a 14.299, 11.99 return. So would you not want to have more return? So with a higher expense ratio, it has more return. That's not always the case. So if that's why I said it kind of, it depends, it's a consideration, mm -hmm. but then you should test it. But if you did go into the simple S&P 500, I did some more research, you would have 10 companies that are fossil fuel unfriendly. Okay. So if you want fossil fuel friendly, then you'll, you will have to potentially give up um, on that ex expense ratio. Because you know what some people are thinking, like, can I really make money by following a values aligned investing model? Absolutely. Um, I have models where we call Envision Justice. Um, we actually incorporate climate, uh, women's empowerment, racial equity advocacy, um, and all of our models beat the comparable um, asset allocation, that's like the percentage stock bond 
um, across the spectrum. So it's a it can be, but it's not a push a button. It works that hard. So I think we do a lot of work to go and find unique companies. Uh, mutual funds, you know, there's nothing obscure. They yeah. they have ticker symbols. And this is a lot of information. There's also other things to consider, Karen, like, uh, you know, for people familiar with investing, they know about greenwashing, for example, right? Trying to avoid companies like overselling what they're doing to help the environment. And it can be overwhelming, as I mentioned. So what's your recommendation for not getting lost in the minutia? I'd love to hear from both of you. It can be, but it also can be made simpler in a sense. Yeah. And the simpler for me is starting with a financial goal part, which is what are your goals? And then what's the basic financial asset allocation that will get you there? And that's the really high level. How much should be in stocks? How much should be in bonds? Mm -hmm. How much should be in cash? How much should be in real estate? Kind of what's the really big picture? Because that tells you that you're in the right ballpark. And then there's the other side, which is, well, then you have those asset allocations. How can you align them with your values? And there are tools, as you so let is this tool online anyone can go to, you can put in the name of a fund and it will tell you, is it fossil fuel free? It will let you screen on these very specific values on deforestation as an example, and you can look. Yeah. So I think the asset allocation part is key. And then recognizing that there are trusted sources that then can allow you to align the dollars that you have with the values that you hold close and dear. How do we not get lost in the minutia from the financial planner perspective? Well, okay, well, I believe that... Uh, first, that was a great do-it-yourself answer. I believe that as your uh, life gets more complex, and that could be right now, that you should go vet a financial planner, certified financial planner, that is steeped in understanding values. Um, I have professional tools that we pay for. Your stake is one. Uh, Morningstar has their own. People may be familiar with them that actually yes. help me go a, a bit deeper than what the as you so model does. So you wanna find advisors who actually have these tools that'll give you an indication that they've actually invested in it. Because usually it's pretty complicated as we really start to advance in our career and someone who's caring and willing to educate you because it can be overwhelming. Let's jump to the phones. We've got Andrew calling from Evanston. Hi, Andrew, welcome to Reset. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, two quick questions or points um you you're you're rattling off a massive amount of information in a compressed period of time which i totally understand um i'm wondering if if there are going to be is there going to be a link to one or two websites that we can go to to further explore socially responsible investing um, yes, you're getting. And two is I'm just looking for there's a challenge in my situation. I don't want mutual. I, I'm too old to take the risk of mutual funds, et cetera. All I want are CDs. And I'm looking at a purchase right now. There are new issue CDs only. You, you get a choice of maybe 12 or 15 and how do you find, how can I look and not spend the whole day trying to figure out, well, okay, is Morgan Stanley, um, in other words, we, I'm looking for more resources than. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha, Andrew. Thank you so much for your call. So first of all, we will definitely link each segment that I do on this show is posted online 
after it airs at wbez.org slash reset. We'll make sure that we hyperlink some of these tools that uh, James has been mentioning. Because to your point, yes, this is a lot of information, but I only got the two hours. What, what can I do, Andrew? Uh, but uh, take it away, James, on the CD question. Um, the CD question is very interesting, and I'm sorry that I can't recall the specific resource. I'll get it and then uh, pass it back on. So there are companies um, that or banks that are interested in um, uh, you know loaning money to. Uh, it's usually not about fossil free per se, but um, about impact uh, in communities. Yes, um, which I couldn't think of what the acronym stands for. But so so if that's where you'd like to direct your dollars. Then they're, you know, but those typically are, you know, not as uh, readily available as as the others. But I'm glad that you're a person who wants to uh, look for that. Um, and um, I, I think regarding your, you know, concern on mutual funds, um, you know, everyone doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote risky. Uh, you know, percentage of bonds, you know, more bonds, less stock. Uh, again, I would say to your situation, what I tell a lot of people is if you're going to live about 24 more years, prices are going to double, uh, typically uh, considering historical inflation. So you can be a little bit too risk averse because the idea is that you're at least keeping up, if not outpacing inflation. We appreciate your call, Andrew. Uh, I want to touch on something before we run out of time here, Karen. There's a global call, as we know, on banks and universities and, and governments to divest from fossil fuels. We've talked about it a bunch on the program. It's been led by activists and scientists. It's even also been taken up by the Vatican. Tell us more about the role that us as individuals can play in that. The, the divestment question is a, a huge one, and it is this question of taking money out of supporting certain industries with the thought that it makes it more expensive for them to operate. Like, that's kind of what you're trying to do, and you're trying to ensure that your own values align. So many of these big organizations have their own funds, and pressure from their constituents actually matters. And so the individual, can you can do it with your own funds, which is what we've really been talking about here. You can then nudge those institutions that help manage your funds. Some of the things James has been talking about in terms of those investments. If you have a pension, you know, looking at who's managing that pension, that's a, another way of doing this. The big divestment pushes have hit them. But it's often you know, big universities and things and their endowments. Mm -hmm. So uh, the question of where are you going to go to college? Ask. Uh, all of this is about the voices of constituents and stakeholders translating into the economy that we all live in. And divestment is a very specific way that large asset holders mm. uh, are increasingly being pushed to align the values that they're representing with the future that we want when it comes to reducing emissions and addressing climate. So leave us with this, James. How does someone go from moving their portfolio away from fossil fuels? Um, well, I'd say the first thing is, is as the money becomes available, could be rollovers or inheritances that you have, uh, you know, then really sit down and potentially define, you know, what it is that you have as a value set. Rarely, well, my, my tool that comes from your stake, we actually ask people about questions and they either tell us two to seven typically issues that are, that they have. Nobody's ever has been just one issues like that's all I care about. So once we know what your values are, then we can look at, you know, what options are out there. So based upon how much you are able to invest, we can move all the way from mutual funds to individual stocks and percentages stocks in between. So we can start to tweak your portfolio that it does fit your risk return profile. That's another way of saying asset allocation. Um, so then now you have those things embedded together. They're all one.
We'll leave it there for now. James Brewer is founder of Envision Wealth Planning, and Karen Weigert is Reset's sustainability contributor. Thank you all so much for this valuable information. Thank you for having me.